What is up, Whisper Nation? We are back at it. Episode 90 already, Austin, of the Fantasy Whispers. Joined by Austin Sear and Johnny Game Time Hicks here. We're doing week 11 game previews on this episode of the Fantasy Whispers. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. What is good? Welcome back. Welcome, Austin, to uh, the show as the co-host taking over Big Travi's spot for the night. Glad to fill in while he's out. Episode 90, man. This is great. Week 11. How are you feeling about it? Oh, uh, I wish I could say uh, I'm feeling better about the show, uh, but certainly not about my fantasy teams. It has been a rough year, but... Uh, yeah, I, I. How are you doing in your leagues? I, are you doing all right? You hanging in there? Oh my god, I'm hanging in just barely uh, in our major league of record. With that, I. It's one of those. I love my team. It's all in a good spot. You're just like, come on, Saquon Barkley. What's going on, Odell Beckham? Please just do me some favors once. But that is the game that we're playing here. There's other things to find joy in. I've been forced to find joy in other things. Um, doesn't that but successful suck? nonetheless. That's, that's the worst. Like that is the ultimate worst when you're seeing the joy of other people and you know you're normally there or you're you're in the thick of it. You have those same emotions and when you aren't, when you are no longer uh, in that excitement, uh, it definitely brings a soreness for sure. It feels like you're walking down a cold, snowy street with a holy jacket. And you're just shivering and you look over at the nice home and the light is coming out from the candles and the dining room table and grandma's putting the turkey down and you're just like, I'm so hungry. And there's a loving family around and they love each other. And you're just sitting there thinking about how your whole family is gone now. And where's your home? And you remember what it was like to have a home, but now you're cold on the street looking through other people's windows. That is yeah. uh, that that pretty much sums up what it feels like. So if you have never played fantasy football and you just stumbled upon this page, that is exactly what the feeling is like if you get uh, eliminated from the playoffs or or on the outside trying to scrape your way in. That was about as descriptive as you could possibly get, and about as accurate as you could possibly get. Well done, Austin. Hey, ha- here. happy holidays. <laughs> happy holidays, exactly. All right, well, if you enjoyed that and you made it this far, please hit that like and subscribe button. Hit the bell. you get notifications anytime that we do a show. We release a YouTube show. Uh, Austin Sear has a couple of them here on our channel as well. He's got the two-minute drill, which just got released uh, yesterday or last night, uh, as well as he puts uh, together a Whisperspective that gets released on uh, Saturdays. Uh, which are usually storylines within the NFL. It's it's quite interesting and a lot of fun. So certainly make sure, like I said, you like and subscribe to this channel. That way you can get that content as well as our content. Tra- uh, I almost said Travis because we're missing him here. But uh, Austin, we are missing. Yeah, you ready to get into this show? Get a little news and notes going, and then and then dive into these top matchups we have here. 
Oh, I am. And those news and notes, they are brought to you by Fanatic. That is F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. We are Fantasy Meets IQ. Fanatic has done some amazing work to their app this offseason, including adding articles, podcast episodes, player staff, and beat writer updates all within their app. So head on over to your app store on your Apple device. Download today. Certainly. Awesome. We got a lot of news uh, that happened. There was quite a few injuries this last week. Yeah. We'll just talk through them, talk Whisper Nation through them, let it, say whether it's a big deal or not. Feel free to, to lean into these as well. Uh, certainly a lot of it today. Yeah, let's jump into those. Colts head coach Frank Reich said that quarterback Kobe Brissett will be a full participant in practice and will return to action Sunday versus Jacksonville. Johnny, he's going to be back. Is he going to be back 100%? What does this do to pieces like Marlon Mack? Or um, T.Y. Hilton's going to be out, so uh, Pascal or any of those other options? Yeah, I mean, it's good for Pascal, certainly. Uh, Jacoby Brissett probably isn't going to be close to 100% here, right? He got his uh, a little bit in his knee bent in the wrong direction. Um, these are football players. They want to get out there. They want to play. But, you know, it's Jacoby Brissett. Temper your expectations here. He could have better days in the future, but it sounded like it was like a MCL spring or something like that. Um, so always be cautious to those. MCL spring suffered by Falcons tight end Austin Hooper is expecting to sideline him about a month. Yeah, it's not great news over here. He's, he's having a great year. Um, we know the state of the Falcons. Desperate, bad state. It's a failed state this year. Is he coming back at all if they go 0-1-3, oh, 0-4? I mean, why at that point, why would you, uh, you know, there's no point in bringing him back. He's been the, one of the most reliable weapons for Matt Ryan. My question for you, do you think this downgrades Matt Ryan? I mean, there's got to be, that's his number one target uh, or most consistent target. I should say uh, Julio obviously being the number one there, Austin, but wh what do you think? But you this think, year, yeah. Do, do you think it doesn't, that, it, it doesn't upgrade. It doesn't upgrade Matt. That's for sure. You're taking options away. It's not going to make him better. Do I think that he still has talent around him? For sure. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Brian Hill's not a bad, bad replacement over there. But this isn't my line. I heard it from somebody. I don't need to give the credit to. But like the Atlanta Falcons were a team built to sell tickets. This is not a team that was built with a strong foundation inside out. And when they lose a little bit of their shine, they stop being as successful as they once were. And I think that it's on a very tight balancing line. And Austin Hooper going down, losing one of these options, having the ankle that's still messed up for Matt Ryan. This is kind of a, a cannon year for the Falcons, that I think. And yeah, you're still starting some of the guys, but it's 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 not the same as was right now. Definitely agree with you there. All right, Tyler Lockett had a concern uh, concerning the leg. They got that Monday night game. Looks like he's going to be okay. Seahawks owner Jody Allen, she provided her plane for Lockett to fly back. Uh, it looks like he's going to be able to play. It looks like it was a really bad brood. She's had some uh, unusual swell. Yeah, this is really crazy. So I was kind of looking into this, Austin. And what was happening was they, his leg had, was swollen, and it tends to put pressure on the nerves. And um, so depending on how much that swelling 
uh, either decreases or can actually increase. It could be really, really serious and life-threatening, actually, uh, which is kind of insane. So they were trying. That was why the whole Pete Carroll came out and said, and, well, it depends on what the swelling is like. will de- depend on the severity of his injury. Um, so it's sounding like uh, this is good news since he was dispat or, you know, let go out of the hospital. Um, so this is definitely certain, you know, it could have been really, really bad or thinking maybe he broke his leg or something like that. So hopefully Tyler Lock is back. They have a bye week this next week, so it gives them a little bit extra time to heal for sure. Looks like he's going to be okay. Um, James Conner, he said he's good to go for Thursday night football against the Browns. You feel hey. confident in James Conner this week? Yeah, if anyone should be feeling more confident than James Conner owners, I'm not, I'm not sure who that is at this point. I mean, Kurt, we'll talk about it. Samuels came in, uh, you know, as a relief last week because Conner sat out, and he didn't do anything with those carries. He did not look good. He has not looked really good this year uh, with the carries that he has been given. So it certainly bodes well for James Conner owners knowing that, you know, Samuels, who everyone was kind of feeling like was breathing down James Conner's neck, he hasn't been performing that well. And it's looking like he's more of like a scat back kind of thing as opposed to a, a workhorse uh, running back like James Conner. Sticking with the running backs, 49ers running back Matt Breda aggravated a low ankle sprain. And while he was sent out the results for a second opinion, it sounds like he's only going to miss a week or two. Matt Breda doesn't really miss a lot of time anyways. What do you yeah, this guy is like, a, I won't Thumbs be surprised. For- yeah, on Saturday we get a notification saying, oh, actually, Matt Breed is going to give it a go because this guy is just an animal consistently playing in games, uh, never wants to be ruled out. Uh, but they're saying two weeks, so must, uh, Mostert, Mohim Mostert becomes a nice little flex option if you need. There are some teams on a bye this week, so if you're needing a flex running back, you could do a lot worse than Mostert. Yes, you could. Ty Johnson suffering a concussion uh, last week. He's sidelined on Wednesday. He's probably not playing this. No, they're they're kind of ruling him out. Um, and so you know you have a couple of you have uh, J D McKissick looking like a decent option as well. If you have another uh, or if you need another flyer at the running back position, he had a nice week this past weekend, so he would be a nice flex option this weekend. Shanahan said tight end. Uh, Shanahan for the 49ers said that tight end George Kittle and kicker Robbie Gould would be on a similar plan this week as last week. In other words, wait and see. Yeah, and actually it came out a little bit later that uh, George Kittle actually did get ruled out for this game already, which is good for fantasy owners. You know, at least we get a little bit of extra time to go out there. You know, we're not scrambling on a Saturday night, you know, late at a really good friends bachelor party where you're half drunk, you know, and you have to like go through fantasy stats and try to figure out a player to play on Sunday. I'm not, isn't that always yeah. fun? Yeah. Isn't that fun being drunk the night, Saturday night before a game and being like, Oh shit, I got to read my, I got to do my fantasy. And you're like, yeah, this is yeah. a good start. I'm going to go ahead and start the Redskins defense against the dolphins for sure. Yeah. Not, uh, not fun. So this is nice. It's, yeah. it's way early. We get plenty of time to go through and, and check and see who we want to, to start there. Um, so that's good. So George Kittle, it's looking like he might have actually sprained that. Uh, they, you know, maybe sprained his knee a couple of weeks ago against Arizona. Hopefully he is back sooner rather than later. Definitely will need it for Jimmy G and for those players who have George Kittle heading into the playoffs. 
For sure. And last one here, 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan says that wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders has a rib injury. Consider day-to-day, be a game time. Yeah, so if, if Emmanuel Sanders can't give it a go, Austin, Aditi Samuel, uh, he's actually, or Debo, sorry, Debo Samuel, uh, wide receiver for the 49ers, he has looked really, really good. He is somewhat, you know, some could say picked up the slack for what we thought Dante Pettis could be. You know, uh, another report came out today that Kyle Shanahan is not impressed with uh, Dante Pettis and his performance on on this year. And, you know, I'm not surprised or I'm not impressed either. I was going to go down with that ship. And then uh, I did kind of bail when it was halfway out of the water. You know, I I pulled a, uh, you know, Titanic was sinking and I jumped on one of the ships, Austin. I, I had to get out of there. Uh, I was going down too fast. That's what you got to do sometimes. Well, that's it for our news and notes. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show if you have not already. Johnny, you get it ready to get into the top five games for week 11. Yes, I am. And if you made it this far, Please like and subscribe to our channel. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, We love what we're doing here, and we want to continue to bring you content right here on this channel. All right, Austin, let's let's let them remind or remind them that these four teams are on a bye. We got the New York Giants, Green Bay Packers, Seattle Seahawks, and Tennessee Titans. Do not start any of those players. You will get a zero. That much I can definitely predict. That much you can't. But some of the starting then with the guys that we do have Pittsburgh Steelers at Cleveland Browns over under 41 and a half. Cleveland is favored by three in this. That's an interesting one there. I'm not, I'm not hating it. Um, you're going to be starting James Connor, like we talked about in here. Um, but tell us what else you're thinking over there on the Steelers side. Yeah, I'm, you know, if I'm if I'm having to, I'm going to try to sit Juju, which is crazy. And it's hard to think that you would be sitting Juju, a guy who was drafted in the second round. But unfortunately, they are not being able to get the ball to him consistently there. You definitely don't want to uh, have to rely on a, a big game from Juju. Uh, Vance McDonald, another guy who we were, you know, high on coming into this season. I would also recommend benching him as well. Just you're not liking what you're seeing from uh, from Rudolph over there. He's not looking like he can be the guy who can push the ball down the field consistently. And also, like I had said earlier, Jalen Samuel's stat line for last Sunday was 14 carries for 29 yards, three receptions for 11 yards. He, with that included, uh, based on what he did last Sunday, that brings his total average up, believe it or not. It brought it up. From 2.1 to 2.2 yards per carry, this is uh, oh beyond terrible. Yeah, so you are definitely not wanting to sit, start Jalen Samuels uh, as a flex spot if you uh, are thinking that maybe you have him. Nothing, dis- not disagreeing with you on any of those points. Um, all I'll say about is benching Juju Smith-Schuster means you probably have a very good set of wide receivers in your lineup. Good for you. Um, from somebody who's going to be starting a Tyler Boyd this week. Um, I would love to be starting a Juju Smith-Schuster, <laughs> but yeah, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, definitely not that consistent of a player that you're hoping. Um, switching over here now to the Browns. Um, anybody, your what's your major points on the Brown situation against the Steelers? So the major thing, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers have a really, really good defense um, since they made the trade with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, it, that, whole entire team has turned it around on the defensive side. 
but I mean, I was, Fitzpatrick, cornerback. Yeah, exactly. Um, was a big, big acquisition for them. But I want to say you can start, you can get away with starting Kareem Hunt as a flex option this week. Um, what he did last weekend, he had uh, 11 carries for 74 yards in his first game back. Not a ton of yardage, Austin, but he only he did get 11 targets. Most people that you're going to put in your flex, you probably aren't looking at 11 targets. So uh, I, that's why I don't mind him. But this team is actually um, better. This defense is better against the run. However, I do want to mention with the cream hunt thing, his nine targets. So he had 11 total touches, two were rushes, nine were targets, were third on the team. And the Browns ran what they called the pony personnel. I love this, the pony personnel, which is two running backs uh, 43% of the time uh, there in, in Cleveland. So they're going to have them. They like to confuse the defense. They don't want to let them know which one they're going to be going to, either um, You know, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, both talented. But like I said, and like I alluded to earlier, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defense over the last six weeks no team has allowed fewer fantasy points to the running back position they've allowed 3.5 yards per carry they've held teams to 55.3 rushing yards per game and they've only given up one touchdown over that span Austin so just temper your expectations with these running backs uh, and this and this Cleveland Browns team although we've had to do so through 11 or 10 weeks so and what I'd say with that is the 3.5 yards per carry that the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has allowed to the running back position is the exact same amount of yards per carry that James Conner has averaged all year. Wow. So 3.5 is 3.5. And this is a big rivalry game. It's going to be on in prime time. I know that it's Thursday, but these are two interdivisional opponents going head to head. Both have something to prove. And when you have a divisional type game of two teams with something to prove, I think you can take a lot of these stats and take them with a grain of salt and say, we're going to be dealing with a bunch of grown ass men who are playing for something a little bit more on these ones. The talent on both of these teams is through the roof. From Juju Smith-Schuster to James Conner, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Like these guys can play. So what we can expect out of this game it's it's a little bit different as far as I'm concerned, and I'm just excited to watch. I think this is one of the best Thursday night games we've had in a while. Yeah, I'm excited for this Thursday night game. Don't tell Big Travi that. <laughs> All right. No. Another game that Houston I'm Texans. I am really excited for this game. Which one's that? This next game that we're about to talk about right here: the Houston Texans at Baltimore Ravens. Over under fifty points for Baltimore. Ball or Baltimore is favored by four points here. Austin, uh, who you, who you sitting? Who you starting? What what's it looking you like? Know, for you know, for me in this game, I am. I think that both of these defenses should be better, and maybe that's just because I'm holding on to the Houston Texans defense of years past or the Baltimore Ravens defense of years past. Ray Lewis is gone. Um, JJ Watt is not here right now. Jade Avion Clowney is not here anymore, and I'm looking at both of these teams expecting them to be defensive forces and saying that this is actually probably going to be a shootout. This is probably going to be a really high scoring game with anybody having a chance to. So for me, I don't see any outstanding sits uh, for either teams, but sticking with it. If you got them and you really want to roll them out, go for it. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know why you would bench somebody in this matchup that you really wouldn't bench in another matchup. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that there are some, you know, uh, below below average starts, but you might have to start them considering which teams are on a bye this week and what, what you have on your roster. But from Texans' side, right, you got Carlos Hyde. We get a lot of questions about Carlos Hyde. He is 10th in the league right now in rushing yards per game. Carlos Hyde of all players, and I'll be the first one to admit, I was completely shocked because this guy – Looked terrible last year. He was terrible last year, and his his numbers weren't the best. But he's found some kind of resurgence there in Houston. Uh, and Baltimore's run defense isn't the greatest as well, so they can give up yards uh, on the ground. But when I'm looking at the Ravens side, Austin, yeah, and and Houston, you know, and in regards to Houston, a lot of people are going to say, okay, well, this defense is terrible, which Houston's defense isn't the best. However, their run blocking is actually one of the best in the league. Uh, they Houston ranks inside the top eight in the fewest fantasy points allowed to running backs, uh, coughing up only 70 rushing yards per game, four total touchdowns, and 4.1 yards per carry. Uh, so it'll be interesting because what is Baltimore very, very good at, and that is running the ball, Lamar Jackson. This is why, you know, we talk about Lamar Jackson – is a really good fantasy quarterback. He's a cheat code because even though his running game might be able to be stopped or slowed down, I don't know if you can stop Lamar Jackson's running game, but Lamar now has the ability to throw now against a defense that they do give up big yards in the, in the passing game. Yeah, for sure. I think that anybody you're really going to be wanting to getting starting on this one has a likelihood of going off run game, passing game. Um, if you got him, start him. And it's just going to be – this is going to be a fantasy football game. I know that's an obvious <laughs> statement. Um, I just say that because I'm like, oh, all, actually, these guys, these guys are going to go off, and I'm just tempering my expectations because this feels like a game where really anything could happen. Uh, yeah. Similar to another interdivisional game. Uh, moving on to our next one here. Uh, did I miss anything on the previous matchup? No, no, no. You're okay, good. good. Moving on. New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over under a stiff – 50.5 high scoring game favored by five and a half points on the Saints side. You're going to be starting your heavy hitters Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara drew Brees as well. Uh, what are you looking for? Johnny? So I'm excited for this game because I really want to see what Michael Thomas can do to this secondary. Uh, Tampa Bay is giving up 20 on average, 27.4 fantasy points per game to wide receivers who are averaging double-digit fantasy points coming into the game. That would be Michael Thomas, as we know, because he is uh, the best wide receiver right now in the league. Drew Brees should have a nice bounce-back game. I know that we said to start him last week. Uh, it looked like a good matchup against Atlanta. I don't know what necessarily happened. It just happens to Drew Brees. He does this every single year. He has kind of a head-scratcher game. Uh, but Tampa Bay, uh, you know, if they're giving up so many points to the wide receiver position, you got to think the guy who's throwing him the ball, Drew Brees, is going to be that guy. Uh, and you look at it too, Tampa Bay has the number one uh, rushing uh, run defense. Uh, so look forward. Right? It's so odd. It's it's really, really odd. And you think, here's the thing. You think too because you're like, oh, they just pass. You know, look at what they're giving up to the wide receivers. And and to a point, yes, there is a lot. Is it? There's a lot of these games that are shootouts. But they do look good. 
Like when they when teams are running, they 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 are pretty good at stopping it. So you you put those two things together, you get the number one rushing run defense. Um, Jared Cook. Yeah, you gonna, that's you an exciting play? play this week. I'm not feeling bad about it. You know, yeah. we haven't seen a lot of Jared Cook and Drew Brees together this year. They're both healthy as much as they're going to be. They're together, and the Bucks been giving up like 11.7 fantasy points per game to the position. I think it's a good start this week to pull out Jared Cook. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I like that one uh, if you definitely need to stream. On the Bucks side here, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you're going to start those. Those are guys that, you know, you come accustomed to starting. But this defense has been pretty good, Austin. Uh, the the yeah. Saints defense has been pretty good, especially uh, against the run. Saints have a top five run defense. We just talked about Tampa Bay's number one. Uh, the the Saints don't follow that uh, very or they, they follow it pretty closely with the number five. They're giving up on average 3.8 yards per carry, 98 total yards per game, and four total touchdowns, second fewest fantasy points to running backs. Ronald Jones, unfortunately, the storyline has to stop or come to a pause this week, I do believe, uh, for Rojo. But I think uh, better days will be ahead this towards the end of this season. Yeah, I think that when you look at a lot of the specifics this week, it'd give you some reason to pause on Ronald Jones. Um, I think that game flow is probably going to work against him. I mean, things go the way they're supposed to. You could see the Saints jumping out on this one, the Bucks playing catch-up. With that said, he's really worked his way into that and earned that top spot. And it's a starting defense in what could be a high-scoring game. Um, if you got a better option, take the better option. But isn't that true player right exactly totally true (laughs) all right and now uh that was the saints and new orleans game the next one we're going to talk about is the new england patriots at the philadelphia eagles super bowl rematch with a 44 and a half point patriots uh, uh 44 and a half point over under patriots by three and a half this is a really Man, it's it, I don't even know where to get started with this one. It should be high scoring, but it's probably not going to be. Um, there's some people I like over on the Patriots side, less I like on the Eagles side. Johnny, why don't you cue us off? All right, so uh, someone I'm going to say to sit would be Sony Michel. You definitely don't want to um, start him against, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles have a really good run defense as well. They're amongst the top five. But also, I just want to say it because, and a lot of people are going to probably at me, but we have seen and we have talked about the Patriots defense and how they are, you know, ranked the top five if you, you know, put their numbers against a running back or a wide receiver and all that. Their last game before their bye, they disappointed against Baltimore. I think they will continue that that again this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders have the ability behind the number one run blocking offensive line and the number one problem for the New England Patriots, and this is why the Baltimore Ravens were able to do what they were able to do, is because they are able to run against the Patriots. Patriots are not good against stopping the run, and so therefore I think that the Philadelphia Eagles have the right uh, game plan in place to where they will be able to run all over and I'll be I think that they'll be able to score against this Patriots defense 
And as long as, uh, you know, Carson Wentz doesn't throw an interception or turn over the ball, which he happens to be one of the lowest in the league right now in uh, sack percentages, so at 16.5, I think that owners of the Patriots who have been accustomed to getting 20, 25 points a game are going to be very disappointed this week. Yeah, I th- I'd agree with all of those things there. And while you, c- the the Patriots defense is a wild one in that they cause a lot of turnovers and they force a lot of fumbles from the running back position. But you're exactly right, the yards per carry you can deliver against the Patriots is higher than you might expect. Um, you saw last week with Baltimore um, when they played Cleveland before that. Yes, they forced two fumbles out of Nick Chubb's hand. But he also ran for 130 yards on 20 carries, which is six and a half yards per carry. So you can run, but you're going to probably turn the ball over. They're going to get game flow in their favor. The Patriots are going to dominate the time of possession. That's what they're about. But they're going against their unique counterpart in some ways. Counterpart is way too generous a term. But it wasn't when they got defeated in the Super Bowl. Doug Peterson, um, they, they run a smart team over there in Philadelphia. They... They have some pieces that I think could give the Patriots a really hard time, specifically those two running backs mentioned over there. Um, sticking with the Philadelphia Eagles, um, Jordan Howard, Miles, uh, Jordan Howard, and Miles Sanders, I feel okay with them as well. Um, Carson Wentz, I have him in my league of record. I'm not going to be starting Carson Wentz this week, though, um, and I'm going to try to avoid Alshon Jeffrey as well. Yeah, you certainly uh, for the Alshon Jeffrey. If if anyone's uh, wondering, he'll be matched up against the Patriot, one of the. Ba- uh, Patriots best corners he has been locking down wide receivers so that's why you'd try to sit Alshon if you can another one actually is Zach Ertz which might surprise you Zach Ertz has been having a down year he currently is uh tight end 10 I know he had a bit of a breakout game uh some would say nine for 103 and one against Chicago but over the last over this year he has had 46 receptions uh and of those 46 receptions, only three of them have come in the red zone. So he's not getting the giant. Uh, he doesn't have the touchdown upside that he once had. And the Patriots have uh, they have coughed up just 2.9 receptions per game, 32 yards per game, and two touchdowns to the tight end position. So not a lot. Now, I do expect Zach Ertz to get a little bit more than uh, what they are giving up currently just because it is Zach Ertz and he is one of the most talented tight ends. But I don't expect a big day for uh, Zach Ertz. Now, and it's you're not surprised, right, if he ends up catching a big pass. I think he's going to still get some targets. Yeah. They're going to game plan for Zach. Um, they're going to game plan for Zach Ertz. We know that. But they also got to throw the ball somewhere. Right. Exactly. So, so we'll see where I'm, it's, it's probably going to be. Uh, it's probably going to be to Nelson Aguilar, someone nobody's starting. Yeah, the guy who catches like a second pass all year. Right. Uh, the last game, which talking about here is Kansas City Chiefs at the LA Chargers. It's a 52 and a half point over under Casey is favored by three and a half. We're starting Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, no doubt, LaShawn McCoy. You're fading him until we see something different. What else on the Chiefs side of the ball should we be keeping an eye out for? So um, I would be sitting Sammy Watkins if I can. He has been, he has done absolutely nothing since week one when he, 
had his he had his entire year week one uh, hasn't done anything. The interesting thing was Pat Mahomes had 446 yards passing and three touchdowns in his first game back. Talk about shaking the rust off a little bit there, Austin. Uh, but what I do want to say is Michael Hardman becomes a crazy dart throw to me. Uh, someone where if you are desperate and you need a win and it's not looking like you are going to have a chance to win, you know, you're the underdog here. Uh, I wouldn't mind throwing out Michael Hardman, uh, which sounds absurd, but he has seen an increased role in the offensive snaps over the last three games uh, or last three weeks. Sunday, he had 22%, which was the highest. Uh, two weeks ago, he had 18%, and then three weeks ago, he had 15%. So his role is steadily climbing since Tyreek uh, Hill came back. And then you also look at that and say, uh, well, if he's not playing a whole significant amount, is he getting a lot of targets? And the answer is no, he's not getting a lot of targets either. But on average, he's uh, he's turning his targets, his low amount of targets into long bombs. Uh, he's caught five of his six targets and he's caught three, uh, taken three of those for touchdowns. So uh, in the last a couple of games, the last four games. So he certainly has that tremendously high upside. If man, in a couple of years, Austin, I'm are you going to start McCall Harmon? Are you going to start Michael Hardman over Sammy Watkins, though? If you have yes, I would. I would start Michael Hardman over Sammy Watkins, and I would feel more comfortable with it. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. I would. Stay, I would. I would disagree on. I would rather start Sammy Watkins and start Michael Hardman. All right, do let's get a whisper wager here. We got a whisper wager. You down? Whisper wager. I'm down. All right. We never know what the punishment or what the deal is, but we always just say it's a whisper wager. So. Sooner or later, we will figure this out. Right now, it's just a it might be, on the back. And, and it might be death. And it might. Uh, right now, just bragging rights, you know, like a good little text and be like, yeah, I told you so. Um, but we'll figure something out. All right. I'm, I'm, so we're pushing. I'm going to push for the I'd be shocked if. No, I'm getting I your know. ass. I'm you getting your ass get, uh, yeah. shocked with a taser next I, Or at least or the, uh, the good old shocker pen. At least that, you know? Well, it's going to be a wheel. It's going to be a wheel. Whisper Nation, stay tuned to the yeah. I'd Be Shocked If segment coming next year. We're saying it. We're speaking it into existence. Okay. So we're going to – speaking of shocked, uh, the Bolts, the Bolts on the other side, that's who Kansas City is going up against. Um, the Chargers. Melvin Gordon, you're going to – he's looking like he's getting back to form. Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry, you're also starting uh, – Austin, you want to talk about Keenan Allen uh, and what and what you think about Keenan Allen here? Yeah, I mean, he snagged eight of his 11 passes thrown his way and tied 68 yards receiving last week, but he failed to find the end zone for the seventh straight week. With that said, we see this kind of stuff going on with Keenan Allen. In my opinion, he goes on these hot streaks. He goes on these weird downward benders. I don't think you're ever benching Keenan Allen. Um, you just got to be aware that he's not going to give you what you want on a basis. I'll tell you what, um, he he's not going to get you what you want on a weekly basis, but there are weeks, and when he goes off, you love it in your lineup because he will win you the week. That's what that's what he does. He just puts together three straight weeks of just 28, 29 points that just completely win you your week, and, and, and it's great. I'm also a big fan of Big Mike Williams on here just because he and Leonard Fournette are the two people, if you look at the metrics, who have scored the outlier in terms of 
least amount of touchdowns for what they should be scoring based on their opportunity, based on what they've been able to do. uh, Big Mike Williams should have more touchdowns and historically he's been an only a touchdown kind of guy. He's doing okay on the yards here, but the touchdowns are no, I think it's a similar thing to Julio Jones last year. It's just like a matter of time. I don't think it's an intentional thing. I just think it's a weird thing based on the limited sample size that the game of football presents to you. Yeah. I'm not, I'd be starting big Mike Williams here too. All right. All right. So now we are going to jump into a quick four minute drill here. Um, So quick sit starts. There's going to be no reasoning behind it. It's just sit, start, flex, whatever you want to do. All right, Austin. First, all right. First group, we're our first game we're going to talk about here Arizona Cardinals at San Francisco 49ers over under 45 and a half. San Francisco is favored by 11 and a half points, which is insane considering we just lost to them uh, by three points just last week, and they do not have George Kittle. Might have to place a little wager on this one, but. Kyler Murray, are you? He had a good game last time. Are you sitting? Starting? I'm going to start him. Yeah, I would. I would start, start him as Carl. well. David Johnson, not looking too good. Uh, sitting, starting, flexing. Benched him. Yeah, benching. sitting. Agreed. Uh, Kenyon Drake, flex. I, w- I would flex him as well. He's getting the touch. He's looking good. He's looking good. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, not the spring chicken that we once knew over here, but still putting up some numbers. Although I know I'd been, sit him unless I, I I'd sit him I'd like to sit I I do too uh, although a part of me would love it if he could score on Richard Sherman just to give Richard Sherman a yeah uh, all right Christian Kirk um, three touchdowns too exciting to bench for me yeah too exciting to- and he he has that ability to take one to the house on any given play all right on the other side Jimmy G flex play or I- or spot start if you need. I spot start if you spot start him if you're looking at the waivers if you're dealing with some of the the injuries but or you, if you're dealing with some of the buys or whatever but um Jimmy G's got some depleted weapons over there that's that's giving me pause yeah uh, Tevin Coleman must start with the burrito news uh, Debo Samuel we talked about him earlier in the show I would flex him flex him. okay mm-hmm. and depending then, on Emmanuel Sanders. yeah if Emmanuel Sanders goes you're going to I would start him I think he's a wide receiver too if if he goes um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they're saying, yeah, Patrick Peterson should be out of this game. Not that it mattered because Emmanuel Sanders torched Patrick Peterson last time that they played. All right. Next game, we're going to jump in here real quick. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at Indianapolis Colts over under 43 and a half. Indianapolis is favored by three. BDN, Nick Foles, you start a spot starting him if you need to or. Let me see what he's got this week before I put him in my life. All right. So you don't get you get maybe one more than one pass before he goes out. Yeah. All right. Uh, Leonard Fournette, he's become a must start. He's been tearing up the league. Yep. Hopefully he'll score a touchdown this week. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, if he comes back, are you starting him? He looked to have a good rapport there with Nick Foles. If I had to, I would, but similarly to Nick Foles, until I see what it's about, I'm not comfortable with that. If I have to, I have to. I'm not comfortable until I see a little bit. All right. Uh, DJ Shark, looking like a good wide receiver this year. Same thing. Okay. Um, On the flip side, Jacoby Brissett, if he is able to go, which is looking like he's trending that way, are you going to play him? I don't like playing people the first week back after, so I would not. 
Yeah, I 100% agree. Marlon Mack looking like a good uh, running back. I'd say. Um, sorry. I think that he's just a very good RB two every week, no matter yeah, what. So 100 percent. Uh, Zach Pascal lit lit the world on fire two weeks ago, and then came back down to earth hard uh, last week. I I I would not feel confident about. Yeah, me, me neither. Uh, Eric Ebron or Jack Doyle? You prefer either one? You starting both if you need to. Tight end landscape is pretty nasty. Put the dice in the cup, roll it. Shake them dice and roll them. All right. Speaking of shaking the dice and rolling them, we got under the radar plays or over the radar fades. I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense, but I just said it. I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. Who is your under the radar play this all right, my under-the-radar play this week is Brian Hill. We're probably going to get a lot of questions about Brian Hill because a lot of people probably just picked him up off of waivers. Uh, if you if you are, if you have gotten the chance to get him off of waivers, so I would play them. Uh, I would play him. They play the Panthers, and their run defense has been one of the most generous in the league. Uh, they are statistically the third worst in the NFL, and Hill should have about – 20 to 23 touches in this game. Therefore, touches turns to uh, opportunities, and opportunities produce you fantasy points. So I want those fantasy points. So give me Brian Hill. How about you, Austin? Do you have a play for this week? Yeah, speaking of those targets, I like Tyler Boyd this week. And I mentioned before he's on my team. He is, and I'm pulling for this to be true. He's averaged 10 targets per um aj green is not coming back this week i don't think he's coming back all season i think that tyler boyd is going to keep those targets up it's just can he make it click i think this is the week where he does how about your fade what's a popular name that you're fading on johnny so my popular fade unfortunately i love him but i gotta do it this week kenny g is a fade for me uh -huh. listen matthew stafford is still dealing with his mysterious back injury that Popped up unexpectedly, but they knew about it since last year uh, kind of injury. So that means that uh, there is a backup quarterback now for the Indianapolis Colts. And although Kenny G had a fine week last week against the Bears, the Bears aren't what we thought they were uh, this week. They, however, go up against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, who have allowed 6.7 pass yards per attempt and the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Worse, Kenny G should line up most often against Byron Jones, who is uh, only conceded about a 57.8 percentage cat, uh, catch percentage and a 0.82 yards per snap. Uh, so not a lot uh, given up when, when facing Byron on that side of the field. So I would be sitting Kenny G if I have the ability to uh, Austin, what is a fade for you? And some ladies Mine on be, this week. Yeah. Some ladies aren't going to be too, too uh, excited with you. Well, you can still look at him. You can still do whatever it would be you doing. I just <laughs> hope that he's not in your starting lineup. And that is Jimmy Garoppolo. I like, it, this matchup, normally I get it. He's going against the Arizona Cardinals, torched them last time they played for four touchdowns. My thing here is that receivers matter. And before Manuel Sanders got over there, Jimmy Garoppolo was underperforming, should have been doing better, wasn't anything close to a stud. 
Um, Emmanuel Sanders, let's just go ahead and say that he's not going to be in there. Let's say George Kittle's not going to be in there. Um, we're dealing with a lot of weird receiver options. Um, they're a run heavy team. I think that this is a guy that you're hoping for a lot from this week, given the matchup, the numbers, everything there. But when it comes down to it, I'm not surprised if he's throwing for like low 200 yards, one passing touchdown, and hopefully a turnover as a Cardinals. Yeah, I would, uh, hope, I hope he doesn't do well. That's what I hope for sure. All right. Well, I hope that uh, you have a wonderful rest of your night, Whisper Nation. Thank you so much, Austin Sear, for joining us today and filling in for Big Travi. Like I had said before, make sure you check out Austin's two-minute drill and his Whisper perspective. That'll be out this week. If you want any more fantasy football content, please head on over to thefantasywhispers.com and check us wherever you can get podcasts. Any last words, Austin, for this week? I'm out. All right. Until next time. I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks. That's Austin Sear, and we're out of here. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.